I'm Jennifer. I'm Anna. And I'm Diane. From what I had heard was podcast. And you're listening to the six titty episode of Patriot Sports Radio. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric. John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Chris, to my right, where your best buddy should always be. Coach is down in Oklahoma, a state he may never leave again, but there's news on that as well. And, of course, our program director, Mountain Time Suit and all-around corporate sellout, John is here with all of his white-collar takes. We're carving out some real estate on Thursdays in preparation for the upcoming football season. It'll be here before you know it. These episodes are going to be football-centric, NFL news, stats, projections, fantasy football strategies with redraft, dynasty, DFS, all things football. I mean, I'll sit here and talk football with until I pass out from exhaustion, but I am a considerate man, if nothing else, and I'm not going to drop an hour-long pod in producer Chris's lap on a June evening. When the season hits in September, I estimate this show will be closer to 90 minutes long. We'll record on Thursday nights, and you'll have it in your app by Friday morning because we have the premier, undisputed, number one producer in the league. Okay, with all that now set into the microphones, let's get into some football. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Man, I'm good. I'm doing good. Football time. It's it's getting to be hot. It's heating up. I actually uh, have a pads camp uh the next three nights so um i'm excited and fired up i'll give you guys a report on that on saturday as well man the bingo game's heating up getting to be uh close to we're hitting the middle of the offseason stride here and we're gonna try to uh get it fired up pretty early august yes sir football can't come soon enough john you are in possibly the the sports town of the nation right now, Denver, Colorado. You got the Avs in the final, and now the Broncos were just sold. We'll get to that in a few minutes. How are things going out there? I assume it's pretty quiet on the streets of Denver. It is not. Uh, it's things are. There's a lot of excitement. Kind of reminds me of the the good old days in Chicago with uh, the Blackhawks and the Cubs when they were all heating up. Where the guys on the radio are predicting how many parades they're going to have. That's the status that we're at here in Denver. Because to their credit, they do have a triumvirate here. They've got the Nuggets, and they have the Avalanche, and now the Broncos, which have extremely high hopes despite the insurmountable odds they have within their division. And, and for the record, the guys on the radio were debating between five and six parades over the next eight years. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> wow. wow. I thought they strategy. were just. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. <laughs> I mean, wow. Mm. Hey, that's the that's a level of confidence you strive for, I guess. Because I remember being in Chicago when the the Cubs had their future dynasty intact. We were on the outskirts, not yet known, of the Blackhawks dynasty. The Bulls weren't too bad. We had Jimmy Butler, and it was the same kind of conversation. And uh, we only squeaked out one more, so it's okay. Yeah. You get one or two, and it seems like it's going to be a regular thing. I mean, 2010 was a long time ago. It feels like a Packers Super Bowl hasn't taken place in my lifetime. I was looking around on the Twitter at some uh, coach rankings that I saw from PFF. Pro Football Focus used to be the guys to go to for metrics or stats, various things you wanted to figure out your own projections. And now they're just kind of clickbait guys. I think they hired a bunch of youngsters and that's what they do. They just they'll post a photo with some text on the bottom. It'll say like a player who's not that good and it'll be a pro- proclamation of how good they are. I digress. They made coach rankings. I will read them to you. Number one, Bill Belichick. Okay. Number two, John Harbaugh. Number three, Handy Reid. Okay. Number four, Cliff Kingsbury. Number five, Pete Carroll. Number six, Matt LaFleur. Okay. Shanahan, seventh. Vrabel, eighth. Frank Reich, ninth. And then, and then, I mean, let's face facts. He's a highly successful football coach. Mike McCarthy, 10th. I, 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 I I don't think Mike McCarthy is a top 10 coach in this league. Coach is raising his hand right now. 
<laughs> He's shaking his head vigorously. My my blood pressure went up when you, you lost me with Kingsbury. <laughs> and 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 here's the thing. Four. I mean, Kingsbury at four. Come on, get get out of here with that. I mean, the guys over w- at Sports Gambling Podcast call him Cliff Kitchens because he's <laughs> basically Freddie Kitchens with a visor. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> and he's one eight win season away from being shipped out on the midnight train um, from from Phoenix. He'll be back in back in Lubbock before you can can even believe it because they they he's a terrible coach. He he doesn't know how to manage the talent that he's got there. Um, they do have some talent there. I mean, Arizona is is they've made some really uh, good moves, especially in the offseason, But he he makes bonehead moves in clutch situations, and I don't know who who's giving a handy to who on this list to try to get him at number four. But I think that's ridiculous. And uh, once we you know got through that one. You know, motor on down the list, and I see some of the usual suspects. Uh, you know, the Vrabel deal's a little low. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on Vrabel. Coach of the year, 2021. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the Vrabel, Vrabel is the real deal, and he's not. He's really blue collar, and he's he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of uh, a lot of talk, but he does. He makes the right decisions. In 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 contrast to Kingsbury, he makes the right decisions in 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 plays that need the right decisions made. And then as you cruise on down to the bottom part of it, you, you know, McCarthy, you get, get, get out of here with that. Get out of here with your Cowboys jargon. I don't, it's crap. He's crap. They're crap. The Cowboys are crap. Okay. Moving on. The Cowboys are great in the off season though. When it's time to think about what could be <laughs> those Cowboys fans, they're, they're an optimistic bunch them and the Dolphins fans. They're, they're both very optimistic folks. Any Texas, any university of Texas and the Dallas Cowboys have the same hopes at the beginning of every season. You can go ahead and put that fill up the inbox because you guys are, are 500 every year. And, and, and it always starts out, you know, we're going to, we're going to hang banners. We're going to do this and going to do that. The only thing that you're doing is every three years making coaching changes and buying out contracts. So, yep. And they paid the running back. So this will be the year they have to <laughs> start Tony Pollard and pay Ezekiel Elliott. And that's another be brilliant move by a brilliant organization who has strung together brilliant moves every year. <laughs> yes. Yes. That leads us perfectly into a, a, another brilliantly run franchise. The Vikings are the only team ever to exist in the NFL for 60 years and never win a championship. They did break Aaron Rodgers' collarbone, though, and that's almost as good in their minds. Two words. Gary Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you have to say to a Vikings fan not that Bears fans have a lot of room to talk and speaking of breaking collarbones don't think we forgot that the Packers broke our boys collarbone in 86 but uh, you know you don't run into too many Vikings fans um, but whenever I do I try to drop a Gary Anderson reference just to see if they have been a long term Vikings fan and then if they're like you, you <laughs> yeah. jerk then I'm like oh I'm sorry man you actually are a fan yeah now I respect you <laughs> yeah. there's two there's two types of Vikings fan in the state of Oklahoma there's two there's the ones that showed up when Adrian Peterson got there who are really know little to nothing about the Vikings and then I know actually two I can count them on two hands here in the state both of them have been Vikings fans since the 60s and can quote you every Vikings history historic feat that's ever taken place, which all pretty much end in the first round of the playoffs. Or include <laughs> yeah. Fran Tarkenton. Or, right. Or Fran Tarkenton. One or the other. <laughs> I saw a little bit of news about the Bears, too. I can find somewhere. The Bears had forbidden live contact drills last month, so they have to skip a day of OTAs. That's their punishment. As their pun- I, did you look into this some more, John? You're a diehard Bears fan. You must know. So, yeah. And then I'm on a couple Bears threads. And, and the general consensus is this was a shot kind of or a message to the rest of the league. Because that was my first thought, too. Is if you're a, a new coach and you're kind of trying to make a name for yourself, trying to be a little bit of a hard ass, you do this. One, to see if you can get away with it. Two, and if you do, then it's just like, well... I guess uh, I guess we'll just take our punishment and keep going, but we're we're at least going to push the line. And I also think if if I'm him and I'm Eberflus and 
I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, let's get everything we need to get done today and then tell everybody we're going to have tomorrow off and then just get pinched. And then we had tomorrow planned off anyway. Because to me, it just sends a message a little bit to uh, Matt Nagy is no longer here. And also there are <laughs> there are theories that Matt Nagy ratted him out. Oh, I would not rule that out. Urban Meyer got caught doing this last year. He got fined oh, yeah. 100K, and I think the team got fined like 300. And now Matt Nick, that would not surprise me if that man was a snitch. Yeah. Not in the least. Yeah. All, least. all in jest, but also at the same time, you never know. We didn't treat him so well on the way out, you know, booing mm. and chanting fire Nagy at his son's playoff game. Not a great. Oh, uh, that's yeah. That's over the line. It's over the line. I don't I mean, think it justifies telling on them, but don't, don't, don't take the job. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, you don't want that kind of heat. Don't go to a winning franchise. Go, go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, win, win five games and, and call yourself a hero. Yeah. I cash mean, your checks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm of a different perspective on that is, you know, that you, you knew that they wanted to win going in. They had a good draft class. I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not a Bears fan, so maybe I would see it a little differently from from John's standpoint, but you know, I I, I don't know. Nag, Nagy was Nagy was a problem. He was a problem before he was ever publicly a problem. Um so he's know. he's gonna be nowhere on the list because he's kind of this <laughs> he's a very bad combination of stubborn, arrogant, and unsuccessful, which just leads yeah. to failure. Oh. You know, that's yeah, the trifecta absolutely. of failure, absolutely. the trifecta of perpetual failure. Speaking of that, you never you never went to John about your list, man. I'd, I'd really like John's take on that if we can. Well, my question where I'm kind of a I, I do like Bill Belichick. Uh, I heard today that the, the Patriots have the number one defense the last two years. Uh, there is a bit of a rebuilding process. But just the move to have Matt Patricia be your offensive coordinator makes me question if you're the smartest coach, if you're the best coach, because I, I don't think he's always been the D coordinator. Uh, it's not something that you can just will your way into knowing more than other people within a year. I think you need probably three to four years to really develop not only what everybody else is doing and understanding what the, the offenses are are doing across the league, but two, to develop your own creative scheme to outsmart other people. That's where the smart guys in the room, um, in the Rams and in all these other organizations, they know what everybody else is doing in addition to making their modification on that with the equipment that they have to be a little bit sneakier, a little bit smarter and to outfox the other coach. I don't see Matt Patricia doing that. And it Bill Belichick putting him in that position looks like it's going to be a recipe for mediocrity at best. God damn, that was perfect. And my question was, <laughs> where is, where is Mike Tomlin? Because I, my favorite coach yeah, in the league is Mike great Tomlin. Question. I mean, they haven't had a losing season. Is he on the list? Never. Is he in top 10? He's not on the list. Yeah, that's dumb. That is dumb. If you're going to include uh, the other two that we already said shouldn't be on it, Tomlin should be on there. Yeah, we could take Frank. I mean, Frank Reich is hey, a good Reich, coach. Reich is but. way too low. Let's put him with a bullet because this year, everybody's he's going to be at the top of everybody's list at the end of the year. I'm telling you, the Colts are 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 a force. But the the thing is, the the Bears ransacked them. So the Bears have ransacked the Colts. So whoever they have that that's stepping up, um, hopefully is 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 qualified. That's my question, and and I don't know the answer because. Being an NFC North fan, you don't really hear too much about the Colts. It's just not in your yeah. crosstalk of conversation, so you don't know. Well, and it's it's that's a very Colts thing. I mean, the Colts aren't brought up in 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 any conversation. I mean, let's be honest: the Colts are they're hanging banners for for division championships from you know four or five years ago at their practice facility. But let's, I mean. I'm telling you, they are building a squad. Frank Frank Reich is a quality coach. They got a missing piece that they were they were kind of missing. You know, I mean, if they have quality quarterback play, their offensive line is one of the top ones in the NFL, and and that will buy you a lot. Um, their defense is legit. They they have it. They play in a division that they can compete in. Um, I they're they're not in the West, which is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. So. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be good and I and I do think that this is you know I'm 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 gonna go ahead and, and give you a, 
give you a, I'm going to step out on the plank on June in June and tell you that they're going to be quality. They're going to be up at the top. I agree. I agree. I think if they if they get a top 10, top 15 quarterback type performance out of Matt Ryan, that's all they need to make a He's deep playoff run. He's still got run. tread left on his tires. I mean, I'm telling you, he was a hidden gem in, in Atlanta. They never could take care of him. And and then they they surrounded him with weapons, but they, they no one would ever block for him. But he's going to have the one thing that he's never had, and that is a a quality offensive line next year. Uh, and then yeah. they are quality if they can keep those guys healthy, and and, and they'll also have uh, you know put together. I think Reich is the guy that will put together a, a pretty good running game with that, and I think they'll be able to uh, compete. I I just I believe in the Colts, and I think Reich is is definitely. Uh, a guy that should be higher on the list too. You know, another guy, <clears throat> and I don't. You went through the list, and I, I, I'm not sure if I heard John Harbaugh. He's somebody that's been a little bit under the radar. Was he number yeah. two? Yeah, he was number up there. two. John Harbaugh ahead of yeah. Andy Reid. He's somebody who's always had a good squad, and it's kind of been skewed the last year because of the injuries. But if he's number two, I'm then a- no comment. I, I don't know that it's that high. I guess I'm surprised to hear that, but. He's not over Reed. No. Reed is really up there. There's there's, there's really, uh, uh, I think there's a difference between the top three and four and then everyone else. Yeah, I think Belichick, Reed, Vrabel, are pro- and Shanahan are probably your top four. And then you got Reich and Harbaugh maybe right behind them. I don't know. It's really close. I've they never been a Shanahan styles. fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm so impressed with what, with what Vrabel has done with that Titans team. I mean, it's a throwback, run, punch you in the face team, and it's successful. In well, the and that fits his personality. I mean, that fits yeah. him to a T. It's an That's extension the kind of him. Of player he was. I mean, that was he was a hard nosed player, and 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 he was he fit that mold, and and he's built that squad, and he's got the perfect guy in Henry. I mean, Henry is is a blue collar guy that looks. I mean, that is just a massive beast that runs people over. I mean. uh, and they line up and run the ball. I love that about them. They line up and run yep. the ball first, and and that's what they are. And in this day and age of spread everybody out and 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 try to you know put people in space, it's it's nice to see the 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 old school football have some success. That come off the ball and 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 we're going to get our four or five yards, maybe eight or ten with Henry, and and we're going to beat you the old fashioned way. And at the end of the game, you're going to go into the locker room and know that you played four quarters with us. And I and I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate it too. I, I think he's also lucky to have Henry because you put in your uh, average wins above replacement running back. I borrow a baseball phrase in there, and they're a completely different team. Do you guys not believe that he's got the most out of Tannehill that anybody ever was? Tannehill was unbelievable. Done. He was done. He made a gourmet chicken salad out of that. Oh man, he when he left Miami. He, and, and there's no doubt he he ought to be Tannehill ought to be thinking Henry more than anybody because without that running game I don't know that Tannehill is as successful as he is. However, I will say I mean he surprised me when he went there. I thought that that was not going to work out. I thought he was just going to be the holding the spot for the next guy. But uh, he's 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 magically you know really really shine there and become oh, kind of the no. persona of the team because he also is a blue collar guy a little bit. He's not really flashy, but he gets it done. And, and I can appreciate that about him. Uh, oh, you know, no. you know what just happened in my degenerate brain? I want to bet Steelers plus 825 to win the division so bad. And now I'm taking your argument about Tannehill and I'm just shifting it over to Mitch Trubisky and Mike Tomlin and telling myself that <laughs> Mike Tomlin can get a lot out of Mitch Trubisky. And Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl losers usually don't perform well. Then you got the Browns disaster. All you're really up against is Baltimore if <laughs> Mitch Trubisky is good. That's a giant if. That is a giant if. That is a I, I will I will I will let you have another week to stew on that before we take that to the whiteboard, sir, because I'm already probably ahead of you in that game. So I'm going to I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it. Put that on the back burner and turn it on low and see how that smells next week <laughs> yep. before we put it on That's the whiteboard. That's a great idea. That's what we'll do. So as a former <clears throat> as a former Bears fan, I try to <laughs> not see or read or hear a anything covering Bears fan about Mitch Trubisky is is it honestly the expectation that he's going to start for a professional team? 
That is what the people who know what they're talking about are saying. Some people are saying that it's going to be the kid. Most people are saying, no, no. I heard his interview today and he was saying like, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to share all, all my wisdom from my my experience. And and the thing is, I, I it's the ultimate Mitch Trubisky is like, I, I, I hate you, but I don't want to hate you. That's, that's just how it is. It's like, Mitch, your experience, yeah, I give it to you. You have four or five whatever years of experience. I'm trying to wipe that from my mind. But <clears throat> it's just so weird to hear him talk from a place of authority in a position where he just was not impressive whatsoever. No. The polar opposite of that probably would be Debo Samuel, who was all kinds of impressive last year. And now he wants all kinds of things. But one thing he does not want is anything to do with running back responsibilities. He wants to be paid like a top wide receiver. (laughs) Arguably, he might be if all he did was run routes. But the value Debo brings to the table is his effectiveness in the ground game. The ground game kind of a big deal in San Francisco. So he wants either A, to play wide receiver only and be paid top dollar, or he'd like to be traded to a team who will utilize and pay him to his liking. But the problem is, everybody knows how good you are running the ball, dude. They're all going to want you to do it. This is the thing you do that you're better than everybody else at. That This is why you have that nice house. What's the problem? I mean... <laughs> so, you know, I'll tell you, I'll say... Um, I'll take the position of devil's advocate. Um, Last year, so the conversations came out that sources in the league were saying that they did what they did with Debo out of necessity because they needed that from him. Theoretically, every team could, but based on what they had in their stable of running backs, it wasn't great, so they used him. I see where he's coming from, and it's really a logical money-making proposition is if you put all this wear and tear, I get city miles basically by being a running back mm-hmm. and a wide receiver. I, I like, I need, I need some sort of double compensation, which is ridiculous to ask, but it's really just so that he can be a wide receiver. And I don't blame him. I don't know that I would want to sign up to be an NFL running back ever. And then just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. Um, even if it's professional sports. So I, th- I don't know. That's my take. I, I actually get what he's saying, and he's actually not being a huge D-bag about it. I mean, he's reporting to minicamp, and, and he's doing all the right things, but it's clear that he is just worried that he's going to get hurt. Yep. I think that's the place he's coming from, and he could absolutely have not showed up, and you know he could be playing this much differently, so... That makes me think they're going to reach some kind of agreement. Usually a big bag of money solves these problems. Or you know it solves the problem. It's guaranteed contract. Yeah. Now we're not worried about getting hurt. Done and done. Let me me interject this. Let's go back to about three or four or five years ago when the market was being set by uh, running backs. Do you think we're having the same conversation if the market's not set by wide receivers right now in the current offseason? Mm. I mean, because honestly, let's talk about the direction of every NFL team right now. And that is an X factor that can do everything that that you need him to do. Uh, and that is what is being drafted right now is the athlete, not necessarily your running back prototypical you know, slot receiver. It is the athlete that can you can plug in and be a weapon and they may have put them to towards being a receiver or running back to fit the offense and the nature of what's being needed but that that's the direction that every offense is heading right now and i find it really intriguing and don't get me wrong i don't blame debo for trying to do what he's asking to to be traded or whatever and he has gone about it in in a very i would say democratic way of saying you know well, ah, I'm I'm gonna still gonna do what I'm supposed to do by showing up or whatever, but I just feel like that this is a convenient argument for him to make right now to get traded, and and he's not going anywhere because he's the X factor of that no. offense, and and he, they plug him in and use him where they need him, which is what every offense is going towards. So um, I think it's a convenient argument for him to make that he doesn't want to carry the ball because right now the market's being set by a different position. But if the if if it was different, you know, if we if we were talking about several years ago, I think his argument would be different. I think the bottom line is he doesn't he doesn't like it in San Francisco. He doesn't like the current situation that he's in, but he's stuck there and they're going to pay him and they're not going to let him go because 
No one else is going to pay for That would be it. craziness. Well, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I would love to see him go to another offense that would use him exactly like they're using him as the X Like the hometown Green Bay Packers. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I'm not that. I'm not trying to draw it all back to the to the green and gold here. I mean, that's that's what all offenses are doing. That's what everything is 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 going towards. So I think it's a convenient argument for him. And I, I am happy to see that he at least, you know, showed up to to work and, and he's not being too much of a public distraction. But on the same token, his argument, I th- I think he's got a very um I think he's got a very uh creative agent who is uh, probably <laughs> yeah. pumping this in there. Yeah. Other than the, the schemes that one of the best offensive coordinators in the, in the league puts together, what reason would he have to want to leave San Francisco? There's shit on the sidewalk literally everywhere. I, I mean, I, well, yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't think he truly wants to be traded. I think he was just manipulating the, the whole storyline so that he could just be a wide receiver. He's, he's maintaining his, Status as a lunch pail guy. I, I I hope he gets what he wants. I guess is what I'm saying because taking a beating as a running back when when you don't have to or if you can talk your way out of it, I totally. Well, and let's I mean let's let's look at it logically. If you're his agent, are you not telling them the same thing? Hey, bud, we've got to get you in the slot. We've got to get you out out on the edge because you can't. We can't having you. We can't cut your shelf life short by having you carry the ball and we're at, you know, 30 on the downside of a career. I mean, you know, an agent's got skin in the game too. He's going to yep. want a, the longest life of a guy that he can get. And if if the market's being set right now by, I mean, I, I can tell you this, if the market was being set as a cornerback, would the guy want to be a cornerback? Because, I mean, I've, I'm, I just think that's a very business standpoint. Um, that's a very convenient argument to make and and the bottom line is he's a, he's the uh x in that offense and 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 everyone else would like to have him as that same thing and and i think that he's going to make the argument that best benefits debo samuel and his longevity and appreciate that i mean i i, I understand that you want to talk about business aaron donald is doing big business these days he's a very rich man he was before but he's even more so now they're just they're just paying everybody over there. By the time you hear this, Cooper Cup will probably have gotten life-changing money too. So my only question is, how the fuck? How are the Rams doing this? I feel like Jesse Pinkman, he can't keep getting away with it. How are they giving everybody $50 million? And not to bring it back to the green and gold, but we never do. Oh, well, we did one guy just dumped out the whole truck. I don't understand it. I found an article from SI explaining the Aaron Donald contract, Ram strategy, defining cash over cap. I mean, this is your this is your neighborhood, John. I don't know what I don't know what cash over cap is. I haven't looked into the details of this, but it makes no sense to me. Um, and even I, I, I'll be honest. I have YouTube, like just the salary cap and everything. There's a lot of nuance to this that makes no sense to me. It, it seems like the Rams are continuing in in this push for now and mortgaging the future, which is fine. Uh, the Bears aren't going to win this year, so go ahead and take one team out in the near future. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a push for now. And he was on, the way this all kicked off is he was on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, nailed it. And he was talking about how he would be at peace just walking away right now with his multiple defensive players of the year awards and his Super Bowl. And that sort of was a smoke signal to the franchise that, hey, when a guy says it's not about the money, it's definitely about the money. And that's when we started hearing about how, oh, he might retire. And the motivation seems like he saw all these contracts getting signed. He had what was already top of the market a few years ago. He signed for an average value of $23 million a year. But since then, he's seen a couple of linemen pass him. 2020, Joey Bosa signed a new deal. For 27 per, and then TJ Watt just signed that big contract where he walked in the office and said, It's a deal. I got to go work out and stormed back out. So the tale goes. That deal is 28 per year. So Aaron Donald is, I heard he's getting 95 over the next three. 
it's just a ridiculous amount of money. And I don't know where the Rams are finding it. It's it, it's crazy to think that, you know, usually when I start talking about the salary cap, I bring in the Oracle because he's always about the salary cap. And we discussed that and kicked that around quite a bit. Um, I, you know, I've, I've had this argument with Chris is, is it a real thing? Is a salary cap a real thing? Because it's, it's seems like the rich just keep printing it in a basement somewhere. Let, let's split this into two things. Number one, Cooper cup, Cooper cup. Um, I mean, he signed a huge deal tonight or earlier today or whatever. I mean, and, and Cooper cup does some amazing things. Um, he, he's a great receiver. He's going to be really good for them in their offense. He really is a glue guy that, that makes that thing go. Uh, Aaron Donald is a generational type player. I mean, I, I, I think I saw an article, um, earlier this week comparing him to the, a Reggie White. The only season he wasn't all pro was his rookie season when he was defensive rookie of the year and a pro bowler. I mean, it's, it's nuts. There are players that make a team or, you know, uh, contenders. And then there's players that change a defense. And he's one of those guys that, you know, I mean, again, and you're talking about. He a, finished since he off in that Super Bowl. He, he seriously, he is a, a generational talent. And I think that one day, you know, um, we'll be talking about him in the same breath as, as the Lawrence Taylor and the, and, and the, um, and then Reggie White. He, he's that good. So whatever they have to pay him to keep him, I mean, as as we know, I mean, that costs money. It costs money to play the game. I found a paragraph, John, that you might be able to translate for us from Sports Illustrated. This is a solid article. Baked into the NFL salary cap is this loophole. For cap purposes, signing bonuses are prorated over the life of the contract. Although treated as cash in the year of negotiation, only the prorated amount is treated as cap each year. Personally, when managing the Packers cap for many years, I did not believe in heavy proration. This is one. This is our former cap guy, evidently writing this, wanting to maintain flexibility in the future, preferring a pay-as-you-go strategy. But there are a few teams like the Rams and Cowboys that have always been heavy on proration. It's short-term cap savings, low early cap numbers that escalate high later. It's a method of doing business that is very short-term oriented, but how LA has been operating for years, which brings me back to how the fuck. Are they literally mortgaging the future? Are they mortgaging oh, yeah. the future for now? It's the it's the infamous fuck them draft picks. <laughs> I mean Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's what they're doing. That's how they ended up with Stafford. I mean, they they literally yeah. just just put it all chips to the center and it worked. And now there's there seems to be two schools of thought in in the NFL. I mean, uh, would me and John and and we've talked about it on this show. There is the all chips in right now, um, and, and then there's the well, we're going to try to build this from the ground up, and and you know the the win now is really glorious when it comes together, but it seems to be few and far between when it does come together because it is hard. It's hard to yep. win it all. I mean, as and the problem as, is. There's about a dozen teams going all in right now, yeah, and only is. one of them can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the NFL loves it. The NFL loves it. I mean, the entire AFC West is that. I mean, let's be honest. You got the the Broncos. We've we've got the Chargers, the Chiefs. That's must see TV. There. I mean, the Raiders. The Raiders are trying to do it. The Raiders tried to do it with the uh, what they what they did by getting Devontae. Yeah, yeah, they're going for it. While we're on money, John. Your local Denver Broncos have been sold. Four point six five billion. Billion. Billion with a B. The Walton Penner family ownership group. Boy, doesn't that sound like an assortment of blue blood inbred zillionaires have come to an agreement and will purchase the Broncos for four point six billion dollars. You would have to pick the million dollar briefcase on deal or no deal four thousand six hundred and fifty times in a row. To make that purchase yourself. John Elway pulled a Donald Sutherland and passed on a 20% ownership in the team for a mere 36 million back in 1988. When Donald Sutherland made Animal House, they offered him a 5% stake in the movie and he took like a few thousand bucks instead because he thought it was going to flop. First, the then owner Pat Boland offered him 10% for 20 million and then he upped it to 20% 
for $36 million. John said, no, nah, I'm good. That stake would be worth $900 million dollars in this sale. Bowen only paid 78 for the team, 78 million when he bought it back in 1984. Well, and he had the money to do it from the Elway Motors operation that he was running. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, if everybody John nationwide knows he has dealerships, there's got to be a lot of them. And his restaurants. Elway's is just down the street. Hey, let me tell you what. I went to Elway's once. It sucks. It's <laughs> 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 Not only do you suck, LA, your restaurant sucks. I hope you hate it. I hope you hated that nine hundred million you didn't make. You helicopter and son of a bitch <laughs> cost me out the ass, and it sucked. <laughs> I mean, I have wiped that Super Bowl from my brain. Thirty-two never happened. Yeah. John Elway needs oh, to go man. on the Chris I- Farley show and get interviewed. You remember that that time that you got offered twenty percent and you didn't take it? <laughs> That was dumb. Remember that time? That was awesome. Remember that time you charged me a shit ton of money at your restaurant and it sucked? Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) As if this offer wasn't generous enough, Pat gave John a 100% risk-free insurance policy. If after five years, John wanted out, he could sell his stake back to Bolin for the purchase price plus five mil. And in case you're wondering... If Elway could have afforded the $15 million in 88, at that point, he had already earned $50 million in NFL salary. Well, and, and I, that's the part of the story that, that baffles me is the guy, the, guy, the guy had every opportunity to go all in on this. And then he says, eh, I'll pass. And then he gets a 100% guarantee and he still goes, eh, I'll pass. Those professional sports franchises, they tend to lose value over time. I don't want to get into that. Well, I'm just saying, I, I, if, if anybody ought to be a little butthurt right now in Denver, it's LA and, and for rightful reasons. I mean, again, your restaurant sucks. So whatever. That's all I got to say about you. He's tipping one. Are they going to serve the hot dogs? That's all I need to know. Are, are they serving the, the Sam's hot dogs coming to the Broncos? I can find out because actually um, uh, a girl in my building on the weekends is a side job. She she does that. She slings hot dogs at the uh, Empower Field. Wow. John lives in the biggest building in Denver and he knows everybody. I live in a 20 unit building. I know one old lady down the hall because she smokes. He's Kevin Bacon of the Denver area. Seven ways to Kevin Bacon. So uh, I thought this move was I thought this. there's been a couple interesting reports that came out because when the Waltons step up to the table, everyone's just like, how much are you going to pay? Because we don't want to get in a bidding war. And that's, I believe it's called collusion. And so there was, there was discussion. I think it, one of the other bids was uh, willing to go as high as five. And I think there was like a gentleman's agreement, you know, (laughs) like how high are you going to go? Cause if you go above five, I ain't going that high. Uh, save everybody a little bit of money, but 4.65 million. And now the Waltons are by far the richest owners in the NFL. So this is going to get rubber stamped right away. They're already looking into Their second team. <clears throat> wait, Who else they wait. I'm thinking somebody else. Who's the other one? Uh, the are Waltons. You the, the other man, the other group that they were bidding also owns the Sixers. So that they outbid no, uh, the Harris. They have, an owner, they have a stake in ownership in another team. Okay. That was the group that added Magic Johnson at the eleventh yeah. hour. Yeah. Regardless, I'm this is going to get that up. It's going to get rubber stamped because they're so flush with cash, and um, the immediate and this always bugs me. The immediate discussion is, well, are they going to tear down the stadium and build one with a retractable roof? And that got me mad. I mean, I've been to a game oh, at the stadium. Snow and it's games awesome. in Denver are. You can't. Yeah. It's Denver. It's right in the city. They're going to put it out in the airport, which is the creepiest place on earth. If they do make a new stadium, don't ever Google the Denver airport. And then it's it's going to be one of those things where they try to make a town out of it. But r- the reality is it's an awesome stadium. It did burn down because uh, evidently they let Russ cook. <laughs> 
And it's it's awesome place to watch a game. Much better than Soldier Field, which sucks, which is why they're leaving. But uh, it always pisses me off when new ownership comes in and they're like, are you willing to drop another $2 billion on a new stadium when the stadium they have now is perfect? Like any other stadium, the parking sucks. The game I went to there was just an amazing atmosphere. Weather's usually good in Denver. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That one, that one really touched a nerve when they already started talking about a new stadium. Yeah. Well, while we're talking business, Rob Walton is, he is not a, a partner owner, but he is related to the Rams owner, which makes perfect sense on how they're uh, printing money in the basement. Yeah. And so there's a big thought uh, with the stadium since the Cronkies did that, that thing with, it was at an Inglewood with the Ram stadium and then having a whole neighborhood. They want to do that out here, but Honestly, I'm all for keeping stadiums within the city, except Chicago. I watched a 4K time-lapse video of SoFi going from gravel lot to finished. It was awesome. It was like three, four minutes long. Incredible stuff. They built that screen on the field and then raised it up with wires. Crazy. Crazy. Stan Kroenke will breeze right over Breeze quickly. Drew Breeze out after one year at NBC. If you ask me, it's overdue. That guy was the equivalent of a cheese sandwich on white bread with a tap water chaser i don't know if he's gonna play for the saints now if he's gonna get the itch but he's not gonna be on my tv talking so that's what i'm happy about but back to billionaires stan Kroenke purchased more land while he's a real estate mogul that's kind of what they do he spent 175 million on another plot of land for a practice facility and quote mini city this is the thing now if you don't have a small town dedicated to your nfl franchise like john was saying you're a bum sofi is state of the art now and and it will have one we saw hard knocks how with the cowboys how they live during training camp lambo has a whole ski village around it at this point shout out mark murphy and your tubing hill that you're so in love with buffalo has a 1.4 billion dollar stadium in the works and i'm sure they'll have table town or whatever out there that place is going to be awesome the Packers play at Buffalo this year. That would be the trip of a lifetime. Rodgers versus Rodgers, the old grizzled veteran versus the untackleable kid with the howitzer. So this is the direction it's going. SoFi costs 2.6 to build because it's basically a spaceship. I'm interested to see what Buffalo does for half the money. Anyway, in March, the Rams owner Stan Kroenke bought a dead mall in Woodland Hills for 150 and now he's purchased a 13-story office building next door for $175 million. And I got to say, I don't think this office building has much of a future. The combined properties cover 65 acres. So much room for activities. So evidently, this is the way it's going. An entire city. You're going to have uh, Bronco Mania or The Stable or whatever they decide to call it out there. Yeah, they'll probably build it to look like a stable. And it probably could be cool, but I, I just like the idea of having the stadium in the city still uh, until I could see some rendered drawings of some pretty sweet stuff. Uh, let's just uh, let's keep it in the city. Yeah, it sounds like I'm just going to have to park further away from my seat. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I got to walk through your magical football village to get to the game. Yeah. And then next thing you know, there's a casino and nothing wrong with that, but it's like, it, it just seems I like love this, a casino. Uh, it, these, it's crazy to see the development of pro stadiums are now all encompassing multi-sport, more multi-event hosting. And now it's like gambling and everything. It's like, we've created these entire ecosystems around uh, stadiums that has just been kind of an advent of the last five years. And, and just where we're at with the popularity of gambling makes sense to me. It's just taken me a little bit to digest all of it. I was going to say complex, but ecosystem, that's the word. This is directly correlated with Jerry Jones. He started this with the monstrosity that is that field they have in Dallas down there with the stadium where you end up watching it on the Jumbotron instead of watching it actually on on the field. Um, what an idiot. He's got hotel rooms facing the practice field. You could get a hotel room and just watch them practice. He, he's And then he built that. <laughs> he did that whole um, facility, uh, the Cowboys facility right there outside of gosh, right there outside of one of the many hundred suburbs of Dallas. But yeah, he's the one to blame for this because he started this nonsense and 
It just seems like excess. Just at some point, how big can you get where we have all encompassing airports and stuff? I mean, wh- yeah. where are we going with this? And just are we going for a Rome right before the fall type thing? I don't. That's one of the beautiful things I, I do like about some of the 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 stadiums that are that are around is that you know I mean, especially that's part of the problem that I have with the Vikings is they 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 stay play indoors and and in the north football should be played outside. There should be stadiums that, that that are like that, and and the north is is primarily that way. But you you know the 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 closing yeah. domes and the turf that's where we're headed. That's the that's Ugh. the wave of the future. So you play your soccer on that. I, football is to be played outside. I'm, I, if they take away Mile High, that's going to be a problem. That's that's a real situation there. I'll chain myself to something. I, that's the cool <laughs> thing to do. I will glue my hand to the to the post. It's a great venue. It's a great venue. I've actually seen a seen a game there, and I loved it. It was a wonderful venue. It's a jewel of the NFL. I think the thing that I really do just kind of cling on to is uh, going to Cubs games and stuff like that. You left the stadium and you were like, that's the shit bar we're going to go to that charges us $15 for a PBR. And it's just kind of like this rowdy nature of what is already around a stadium and it's just more organic. You don't want to walk into an area and feel like you're in Disney World and that the the game and everything is secondary and the profits. And here, like at Atlanta Braves Stadium, the new one they built, there's a zip line for kids. Great, but like, <laughs> come on. This kind of just feels right. like we're we're catering a little bit too much to the almighty do- dollar with that part. Well, I I mean, you think about I can tell you a guy that hasn't been consulted about that Denver move, and that's a guy named Pete Coors. Somebody needs to get him on the phone, see, yeah. see what he thinks about it. Cause I'm pretty sure he would say not only no, but hell no. Yeah. Yeah. Remember back when I said that I wasn't going to drop an hour long pod in producer Chris's lap on a June evening, (laughs) the clock determined that that was a lie. (laughs) I do. I have one more story that I have to jam in here, though. Then there's this. A four year old boy in Montana was lost in the woods for two days and was found cold, hungry and thirsty, but otherwise good. This kid and, and Chris, maybe you can find the picture. Uh, to show these guys, this kid has a look on his face like he has indeed seen some shit. Just type uh, Montana boy missing. He'll pop right up. At first, I couldn't believe it. But then I saw his bright orange hair and it all made sense. This kid is a ginger. Not just not the watered down kind either. The kind I was. The fire orange hair with the freckles so big they bleed into each other. A walking target. It's, it's get tough or die when you look like us. It's a proven scientific fact. Gingers have a higher threshold for pain. We're bullied from infancy. They used to say we had no souls, and maybe we don't. But one thing is for sure, gingers can hang in the outdoors. So this kid is out in the yard with his dad. This is how it happened. Five o'clock, he's out in the yard with his dad and the family dog. There's the kid. Bright orange hair. (laughs) Look of shock on his face. Some uh, dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> this picture is priceless. look at that. What did he see in the woods, dude? He does not look unlike the Chucky doll. Yeah, guys, you need to check. I don't, don't want to mock just, him. I, I just he no, the look on his face I, is really the concern thing for me. It's like he yeah. looks like he just got shot up with whatever was in that needle. Pulp Fiction. He just got shot up in the yeah. chest with the needle from Pulp Fiction, and he is razzed. he's razzed (laughs) oh my so the way it happened is he's out in the yard with with dad and the dog it's about five o'clock dad goes in the house for a minute comes back outside kid gone they had terrible weather which made the search difficult but they had cops wardens everybody looking for this kid a group of local outdoorsmen showed up because of course a conservationist is a stand-up human being every single time They looked for this kid, Riker Webb. His wallet's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. And they looked for three days with dogs, ATVs, infrared drones, the whole nine. What's weird is I can't find how they found this kid. Only that they found him. Multiple articles I read with no description of how the search ended. But he's home, so all's well that ends well, I guess. I'm not sure why they're withholding how he was found. Gosh, I have so many thoughts. 
One is, is it like a stranger <laughs> things? Is it like a stranger things where they find will, but will is really just a, uh, a dummy stuffed with cotton, uh, or in two, uh, shame on his parents for that haircut. Cause wow. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, wow. That's a choice. That's <laughs> it, a choice you made. It, I mean, this looks like the kid literally just ran away from home and was like, oh, shit, <laughs> because he's in his PJs. I feel like he has a stick with a little knapsack on the back. His parents pissed him off and he said, <laughs> I'm out of here. Just the PJ. I mean, it's this is hilarious. This is an all time photo. I can't stop looking and he can't stop staring at me. Two nights in the Montana wilderness, dude. There's nothing that can phase this child from now on. Not even on. that dirty. Oh, here. <laughs> like, he's no. still pretty cleaned up. <laughs> Gosh, uh, my he, my shirt would have been ripped off. I, I would have lost my footies. He's still got his footies. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, hats off to this kid. Yeah. Gosh. This kid's a gamer. He probably fought off Badger or something. Yeah. You almost wish he could have had a GoPro with him just to see what <laughs> all he, what adventures this little kid had for two days. Absolutely. Guys, Bear grills. All right. It's late. Let's wrap this thing up, huh? Let's thank everybody. I'm going to thank everybody. Thank you guys for showing up and doing more uh, free labor. We love that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. There are more and more of you all the time. I keep saying that, and it keeps being true. It's so encouraging to see that you like what we're doing here. If you enjoy this show, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, Google, or whatever platform you're getting us on. Everything is interaction-based. That's how you climb the charts to get noticed. These reviews are working. We are seeing them, and so is the algorithm. I see bars and lines moving every day. It helps a ton if you write some words in there. Honestly, it can be anything. Hey, that host guy is fantastic. Now that I know he's overcome juvenile gingerism, I'm even more impressed by him. Or tell us what you'd put in your team's mini city. It doesn't matter. As long as you type little matrix boxes, come by tonight and see text in there. It's all positive for us. You can follow us at Patriots Pod on the Twitter, Patriot Sports Now, all one word on the Instagram, and Patriot Sports on Facebook. Don't forget to check out our golf podcast, Plus Money Golf, and follow those guys over at PSR Golf if you enjoy money and having more of it. You can follow Chris on the Twitter and Instagram at PSR Producer. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at PSR Host Guy with some very mediocre takes that nobody ever likes. John is too cool for social media, and Coach is too set in his ways to learn another platform other than Facebook. So that just is what it is. Till next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick that outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.